Welcome to the Underground Playground Podcast with Mike and Steve. We're bringing you the voices and personalities of the physical culture world, so listen up. Pull somebody's name up or a website or some, get some clarification. Hello, guys and girls. This is Steve Bowser. I am with the Underground Playground Podcast. I am based out of South Florida. Uh, the Playground Gym in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. My co-host, Mike Manning, is also on. He's based out of Melbourne, Florida, uh, Melbourne Fitness. Um, we have a special guest. I know every time I do this, I say it's a different name, Mike. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really care, man. It's all good. <laughs> oh, man. That's what make this so fun. Anyway, we got, we got a really, really neat guest on. It's a buddy of mine. I've known him for a while through social media, mainly um actually uh um, learned a lot uh from him with his special subject matter uh, i consider him an expert in the field of anything that has to do with uh, performance enhancing uh it could be drugs it could be uh anything um his name is anthony roberts and he is based out of uh new jersey and he is the guy that we're going to actually talk about it's funny because we we were talking about bringing anthony on a while back and it's just kind of perfect timing because then all of a sudden the shit kind of hit the fan with uh, CrossFit um, bellying up to the bar and 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 basically failing uh, the number three, the third place finisher in the CrossFit Games. Um, Mike, yeah, what's Ricky, his name again? Garrard. Ricky, Ricky Garrard. Yeah, Ricky Garrard. Yeah, Australian. Sure. And not only, you know, the thing is, that's all everybody's talking about, but he's not the only one that got right. popped. They popped a, a female 40 plus, um, and they popped a male, and she won first place, correct? And then they popped a male, and I think he won first place, and I think he was 55 plus. Yeah. Um, yeah, there was a master's female and male, I think. Um, never mind the, uh, I think there's some, others that were disqualified during regionals or prior to regionals. Right. Yeah, we're going to get to that, but I'm just saying like the timing issue that we were going to get Anthony to come on. And then all of a sudden, two days ago, this kind of hits the fan. So it it was like perfect timing. And then we, we were uh, setting this up. So, uh, so let me introduce Anthony Roberts first. Anthony, how you doing, buddy? You out there? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm good, man. Awesome, man. All right, if you uh, if you don't mind, man, just can you just maybe give us a, a quick background on you so people understand uh, kind of how you have such knowledge about uh, you know steroids and SARMs and peptides and all that stuff, and uh, just kind of give uh, give everybody a quick doesn't have to be anything long, just whatever you want to talk about. Just how how did you become so knowledgeable? Give us a little bit of background, Anthony. Yeah, in, in 2007, um, I guess this, this, this doesn't really answer how I'm knowledgeable, but it, I guess it proves I'm knowledgeable. In 2007, I wrote and had published uh, a book on performance-enhancing drugs, and I think the next year I had another book and then another, and, you know, basically sort of, I mean, I wouldn't say underground because they're, you know, on Amazon and stuff, but basically sort of books that cater to uh mostly the first few were you know catered towards people that are probably going to do steroids and you know they were exhaustively researched kind of things and then my next one was on 
steroid trafficking. Um, so more the ins and outs of how stuff gets from wherever it's made in the world into, you know, athletes, wherever they're taking it. Um, right. been, you know, quoted by the New York Times, the Associated Press, CSPN, Sports Illustrated, you know, standard kind of stuff. So, yeah, I've been, I've been around for a while. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's kind of how I ran across you on social media because uh, I was reading some of the uh, information you were pumping out. And then actually there was a, uh, su- a supplement company that you were writing for. And I actually, I think I wrote a couple articles as well uh, for that company. And, uh, you know, it was, it was, it's a lot of interesting material. Um, plus, plus seeing some of the stuff you post on social media is pretty, pretty re- interesting. Yeah. It's um, technical knowledge, you know, like the, the ability to communicate in layman's terms and uh, also, you know, the technical medical speak uh, really makes it clear that he knows what he's talking about. Yeah. All right. So let's, let's just get right into this. Um, here's the big questions that a lot of people are having now. All right. <laughs> and I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm getting it from the people in my gym and, and, and be quite honest with you. I mean, I know a little bit about uh, SARMs, I know, um, you know, and I know Anthony's going to explain it a lot better than me, but as far as it not being a steroid, it's, it's a proton, it's a, um, it's actually a protein from what I understand. Is that correct, Anthony? Um, but the big question is kind of explain what it is. What, what is, I mean, it seems like that's the go-to, you know, everybody's getting pop doing osterone, some kind of a, um, uh, you know, SARM, it's not necessarily getting popped with, you know, doing testosterone, like the good old days, testosterone, DECA, stuff like that. Now they're, they're uh, really, uh, it seems like SARMs is the uh, weapon of choice. Can you just kind of explain to us why? I mean, what's, what is that going to do for an athlete that wants to be a CrossFit com- competitor? So, all right. So let's, we're going to start with, with some pretty basic stuff, right? Definition. SARM, selective androgen receptor modulator, right? Okay. Outful, an androgen is testosterone, right? Uh, so think of it that way. It's not the only androgen, but it's the primary androgen in the male body. So testosterone, the way it works, and I'm, I'm going to simplify this, um, it attaches to a receptor, and testosterone tells the receptor to do a bunch of things. One of those things is to you know build muscle. So in very basic broad strokes, okay, mm-hmm. that's how testosterone works and what it does with the receptor. The SARM receptor modulator isn't testosterone and it isn't an androgen, but it can also attach to that receptor and give it the same message. So that's the, the best way to, to look at it is um, it's going to do some of the same things as testosterone in some of the same ways. Okay. Um, is it um, less how, – how long would it take to get that out of your system? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, you're looking at – right, so it's, it's oral, right? They're mm-hmm. all oral. And you're looking at a fairly short half-life, right? So let's say, let's say it's floating around for a day or two. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't, so that life, 
the half life or even the, the active life, um, that's not necessarily how long it could be detected for. So maybe it could be detected for another, I don't know, another couple of weeks to a month. Mm -hmm. So long yeah. after it's not providing any benefit, it's still a danger in terms of your excreting metabolites or whatever. Right. Right. Is that how is that how they find out that you're using is by measuring your excretion of metabolites? Yeah, for this for this particular um, performance enhancing drug, yeah, I mean, there's obviously with something like testosterone, right? They're checking a bunch of different things. One of them being the ratio to epi testosterone, or for growth hormone, they're going to check uh, the ratio of uh, twenty to twenty-two kilodalton um, uh, isomers. So there's a bunch of different ways, but for this in particular, you have to see if there's something getting excreted um you know it doesn't occur naturally in the body so you have to actually look for it being there gotcha. right so it's definitely a lot easier to mask it than compared to uh let's just say like an oil base like deca um i from what i remember that can stay in your system for like six months maybe even longer um water-based testosterone um, not so long, maybe a week from what I remember. And I could be wrong, but this is just going oh, by, so, you know. The thing, right? If you're trying to find something that shouldn't be there, yeah. right? All you do is find it. If yeah. you're trying to find something that should be there, right? Like testosterone, mm -hmm. like now you're trying to sort of figure out all these inductive clues. Like you're trying to figure out, well, is this ratio off? Is that ratio off? Yeah. Because um, you're, you're really looking not for something that shouldn't be there, but for evidence that it was added, right? I got gotcha. you. Know, so for water based testosterone, yeah. something that lasts, you know, a day in your system, mm -hmm. I mean, you're, you're going to have to find it like immediately. And then the same goes for something like growth hormone. You basically you have to catch a guy with a needle hanging out of his ass to, to really catch him. Right. Yeah. Uh, most when people get caught, you know, using growth hormone, uh, it's what they call uh, a non-analytical uh, positive, which means like they intercepted a package going to him. Yeah. Uh, they're really not legitimately catching many people. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think it was actually even a few years uh, after they had the test and they said, oh, we have a test and it definitely works. It was years before they caught anyone. Yeah. Uh, everything analytics so but for SARMs uh yeah you, you're probably looking at weeks to a month gotcha. so why are why why would a um a, a CrossFit type athlete choose to take SARMs over the traditional uh you know testosterone and growth hormone and stuff like that uh, it's I mean when they first came out so I'm talking like 2007, 2008, when they first hit the black market, or at least the underground market, um, they were undetectable. Uh, now, they're really not undetectable. Obviously. Um, yeah. So, I mean, there was a lot of hype about that, um, you know, and the fact that they, you know, they were, you know, sort of covert way of doping. But at this point, I mean, 
people are getting caught all the time. So I, I don't know. Testosterone's a you know, obviously a better choice. Growth hormone's a better choice, but you can get you can Google, you know, buy and then plus the name of a SARM and find somewhere that's selling it and pay by credit card and you know, you have no issues because it's not a scheduled drug. Yeah. So yeah. you know, I think that's part of it is that yeah, you might get caught, but you know, you're not gonna go to jail. Yeah. So how I mean, do they, you know, that may, I mean, so that brings up a great question. So um, how does somebody who's an athlete, how do they find their way into the system to where they can get a hold of this stuff? Are people from the outside approaching athletes or are athletes or coaches looking for this stuff? What do you find is typical, the typical way that an athlete decides or finds out or actually gets a hold of any kind of performance enhancing? Uh, it's going to be different levels like a dude who's at the top you know and i'm not talking about crossfit i'm talking like a dude who's at the top level of athletics right he's going to have people on staff that that know what they're doing right and they're going to be you know quote-unquote coaches a guy like angel harita right that was working with you know a rod and yeah you know yeah, yeah a doctor yeah they're going to have people that that are that know what's going on then you know the sort of the next level down is just about everybody else it's um you know either they're doing their own research or you know they're someone at the gym or their coach i mean there's guys like even at the ufc level that are just taking stuff that a guy in the gym gave them like you would be shocked that's crazy yeah, yeah. so it's you know it's kind of everything uh, below the top level you have real experts it's kind of just anyone taking anything and the barrier to entry for SARMs is is so low because you just buy them online and you're not running any risk so you can get this like this stuff is like straight up online you don't have to be in like the tour browser or in the dark web or anything you can there's websites you can just buy the stuff and fedex will ship it to your house right yeah absolutely i mean Pretty you much. can do that yeah, most of the stuff that um, most of the stuff that people are getting caught with, kind of fall under that category. So if you're looking at, you know, the uh, the aromatase inhibitors or things that you know shut down estrogen production, yeah, those are all things you can just buy. Let me ask okay. you this. Let me ask you this, Anthony. Is there places out there? I mean, of course, I know the answer, but do you have to be careful because you may be buying something that's fake, something that's not clean, could be dirty, could you know? Um, so with, with oils, right. And, and that's, that's basically what we're talking about with, with mm -hmm. oral medication. Um, you, you could, you know, you could ingest, I mean, right. You eat fruit and it's like, or, or, you know, vegetables and they're growing in the ground, right. Mm -hmm. You're not going to get anything that's worse than having spent six months in dirt. Yeah. So with, with oils, um, you know, your stomach bacteria is going to basically kill anything. Yeah. Um, that would reasonably be found there. Um, so, you know, it might not be sterile, but it doesn't have to be. I mean, food doesn't have to be sterile. Mm -hmm. So people are pretty much okay with that. As far as it not containing what it's supposed to, yeah, you'll find stuff that's underdosed. Um, and for example, with like John Jones, right? Like a while ago, he got caught taking some, 
think it was uh, clomiphene. Mm-hmm. And what actually happened was he was taking from a research chemical company, uh, you know, which is a company that says not for human consumption, but yeah. really it is. Yeah. Uh, taking like Viagra that he had got from a research chemical company and there was some uh, clomiphene contamination and the UFC tested the bottles and they found that it was contaminated and mm-hmm. they bought new samples and they found it was contaminated. And, you know, that's just because these guys weren't cleaning their, their glassware or cleaning their production line because, mm-hmm. you know, it didn't matter to them. Yeah. They were going to get that. Well, when you, it, it, it's interesting that you mentioned uh, clomiphene um, on September 8th the CrossFit Games put out an uh, announcement that uh, five Meridian athletes, so that's what Central, uh, Central South America or Australia, I don't know. Um, so here's what they pop positive for. Clenbuterol, clomiphene, modafinil, plus elevated testosterone levels, tamoxifen, and then again, clomiphene. Why would a uh, CrossFit Games athlete be taking those drugs? What do they do? So to, to go down the line, you, you know, we'll group them. So like a SARM, like, uh, you know, Osterine is a SARM. Clomiphene and tamoxifen are SERMs. They're selective estrogen receptor modulators. And mm-hmm. they're technically estrogens. Uh, and what they are, they're weak estrogens. And so they plug into the receptor and they prevent more potent estrogens from uh, taking their place. And these are, speaking of estrogens, just by way of mentioning, these are female athletes that were caught with these. Does that make a difference? Um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's, you know, there's going to be a difference. Those, and again, they're, they're fertility meds for, for females. Um, if you take something like, you know, clenbuterol, that's, that's a beta two agonist. Uh, so it's something like ephedrine. Um, it's going to, going to slow gastric emptying which means you're not as you know not as hungry it's going to boost your metabolism it's going to build a little muscle burn a little fat um you know jack your body temperature up a bit um uh, modafinil is a uh it's a nootropic and it's gonna help with focus and um you know it's gonna possibly help you learn a skill like so let's say you're new to some of the olympic lifts modafinil could potentially help you learn a skill more quickly Mm -hmm. um generally a cognitive booster but you know you can see obviously we're talking about some of the same pathways um they're all they're all really poor choices because they're all easily detectable (laughs) Um, yeah so so these are so these are things that you don't want to get uh, caught with. I've, I've heard the saying that, you know, the only people that get caught are the idiots. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, the, what, like a doping test is more like an IQ test kind of yeah. thing. <laughs> mm. But, you know, the, the state of the art changes pretty rapidly. So, you know, you could have something like Anavar, which uh, was on the prohibited list since like 19, you know, 79 or whatever it was. And there was no, you know, there was no reliable test for it until like 20 years later. Mm-hmm. So everyone kind of knew they could take it or something like, um, you know, Clostabol or you know, uh, any of the four chloro drugs. 
they had a really rapid clearance time until very recently. So all of a sudden, right, like 100 people test positive for the same thing. It's not just that that's a trend. It's that the test just got better overnight. And right. everyone that timed their, their, you know, cycle perfectly now timed it two months off, you know? Yeah. So it's that constant battle back and forth, right, between the, the testing agencies and the the uh, the science behind it and the, what people are doing to adjust to it, right? Uh, yeah, it's more, yeah, I mean, you know, it's more something comes out or someone figures out that, you know, this thing could be used in this way. And then the agencies, I mean, sometimes the agencies are ahead, but Mostly it's, it's the people like WADA that are playing catch up yeah. and they're not really like, they're not really, um, it's not their hobby, you know, it's their job. So they go into work, they spend eight hours there and, but the guys that are trying to, you know, be the best or just know the most about doping, I mean, it's their hobby. So they're, they're, you know, they're going down blind alleys and, looking down rabbit holes and trying to figure anything out. There's no person doing that at WADA who's creative right. and trying to, you know, take preventative steps. They're just not as creative and not as interested. Right. That always... makes sense. What, uh, what, I mean, the, so let's just, I mean, for the people that are listening, right. Like that aren't really well versed in this, you know, people say all oh, steroids is cheating, performance enhancing. What what actual advantage, especially this current thing with the SARMs, what actual advantage does using uh, SARMs provide for the athlete, like tip in a functional fitness competition or let's say even, even weightlifting? I mean, why are people taking it? Right. I, I mean, a lot of the studies show that the SARMs are going to be. Um, as anabolic as testosterone um i don't find that to be the case i don't know anyone who's ever used SARMs and said you know this is 100 percent as good as you know testosterone or testosterone at a high dose i also think uh using more SARMs i don't think gives the same dose response as using more testosterone so we're never going to see like a Mr. Olympia winner who's only used SARMs, right? Um, they're gonna, they're gonna, you know, they're gonna make you a little bit faster, a little bit stronger, help you recover a bit more quickly. Mm -hmm. um, you know, definitely see people get improvements uh, in you know, definition and easier to gain muscle, but they're certainly not, um, they're not gonna make sort of the, the same difference we saw right in like Barry Bonds's career. That that's not what we're looking at. We're looking at an edge. I think the recovery aspect is probably when you think about you know uh, CrossFit type athletes that you know they're a lot of them are doing too many workouts, right? And so the recovery becomes an issue. So do do the arms definitely provide a enhancement in recovery time so that you can maybe pack in more training? Yeah, I mean, you know, CrossFit gave rise to this kind of athlete who's literally in the gym all day, right? Like, right. you have a lot of them are coaches that teach a class and then they have a break, so they train once or twice. I mean, you know, that you, you don't see that anywhere else. You don't see a professional baseball player 
working out five times a day and staying at the field all day because he's teaching batting practice, right? Like, so CrossFit gave rise to this kind of athlete that works, you know, every other shift at a a box. Um, And so they're there. So they're going to do that workout. They're going to, you know, try and handstand walk the parking lot or whatever between classes. Um, So, you know, it's, yeah, it's going to help them recover and, I think to a large extent, you know, people build up to that level where they're they're on this kind of razor's edge and anything's gonna, you know, gonna help them from, from breaking down. I mean, you know, uh, I mean, look at someone like Camille, right? She went in and like, right, a couple of years ago and just popped her, what, her tendon, right? Her Achilles tendon. Achilles, yeah, and then box jump. So she was on that razor's edge, you know, she was training as as hard as she could right up until that point and it just you know obviously it turned out to be a little bit too hard and you know she you know sharpened the knife too much right you're gonna you're gonna crack the blade yeah so that's gonna because it's gonna keep crack yeah i mean so, so that brings up an interest i mean you know you hear about in gyms like back in the day just your typical bro science guys taking testosterone and growth hormone you know, to get a little bit bigger bench or get a, you know, a little more muscle. And, you know, they end up with some kind of a, you know, tendon injury. Um, what, how does it, how does this stuff affect that razor's edge you're talking about? Uh, does it push stave off injury or do you think it's more likely that you're going to get injured if you're, you know, using stuff like this that you don't really um, I think a lot of it's going to come down to, you know, to the person. Um, I mean, when, like, so I, I looked at her training uh, over the, you know, her training year, right, before the games when she got injured, because she put it up on one of those sites, like, uh, beyond the whiteboard or something. Um, and she really wasn't doing any, like, anything, let's say, like, you know, you're talking about, like, guys in the bros in the gym. She's not doing, you know, calf raises, right? She's not doing anything that you might say would prevent an injury to that area you know direct work i mean i think in the whole year she did like maybe three or four sessions that could have been direct work for that area so you know if you cultivate a weak point and then you compete you know something's gonna break uh i mean again this is a obviously this is like years ago that i you know did this research so i might be a little hazy on it but i do remember you know saying well the part that was the weak link in the chain in her training ended up being the part that broke. So, you know, it's going to come down to the person. Do you think, uh, like Mike was saying, and uh, do you think when you start seeing a lot of people get injured that it could be that they're uh, maybe, maybe taking some steroids? Like, like that was the big thing. It was a joke. You know, all those guys were popping their pecs and they were doing all the, the dips in the uh, open this past or the uh, regionals last this past year. I mean, they had a lot of pec injuries and the first thing people started saying is there you go, man, there's, there's all these guys that are taking steroids and, you know, I mean, I'm not going to lie, man. I know personally guys that are taking shit and literally they, they get so damn strong, their ligaments and tendons can't keep up. And sure enough, they get injured. I'm not saying that that's the case in uh, that, but you know, so that's, that's a hard one to like, that's a super hard, like, you know, difficult, um, 
set of circumstances because CrossFit in a lot of ways has, you know, I, I mean, I hate to even say you use this word, but they really have forged this new area of fitness and performance where like in the past, we don't really know what happens when you do 500 ring dips, right? Cause no one bothered cause it's stupid. Like mm -hmm. we, we don't know, like, is that the kind of thing that would injure almost anyone? Mm. It's kind of an unanswered question, right? I mean, we saw a ton of injuries, but at the same time, previously, no one had tried to do this stupid thing. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, it's just so hard to answer because, you know, you take these uh, events and they're not really anything that people did previously. So I don't know. And, and ring dips are, you know, kind of a horrible you know, stress position uh, in general. Yeah. Um, I don't know. You know, that it just comes down to there's not enough data on on that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, that's uh, you know, the the injuries. You know, that might be like you were talking about before, like uh, you know, how they find out, like getting caught with something in the mail or getting caught with a needle stuck in your ass, and it, and maybe an injury could be some kind of an indicator. But you know, people obviously took that crazy the uh the crossfit uses drug-free sport organization and uh supposedly they also do the d drug testing for the nfl nba major league baseball and ncaa um is this organization some something that you're familiar with anthony yeah they're, they're like they're like the class clown of, of drug testing <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I, they're not water like, or USADA, right? They're not either of those. No, like, so they're, they're a testing agency. I mean, you know, the New York Times did a great article on them a few years ago. Um, they, they just, they're, they're not good at what they do. Um, and it's not necessarily like the procedure or this or that. It's like, so for example, let's say you're a college and you want, um, you want to say, hey, we work with drug-free sport, right? So you go to drug-free sport and you say, we only want you to test our players for, you know, uh, marijuana. And so now you see we have a drug testing program. We work with drug-free sport. They test all of our athletes. But, you know, they're only testing them for, like, something that's not really – it's not a PED – you know, it's just yeah. a rec drug, not. So it's selective. Know. Like you're basically the organization, the, the sport industry is hiring this testing agency to do their bidding. In, in other words. Yeah, no, they have like the worst reputation of any sort of drug testing, uh, you know, place like they're, you know, and people take their name and they use it and they use it for marketing. And if, if these guys had any integrity, they would say, you know, you can't do that. And once you, yeah. Once you have that loss of integrity and you're supposed to be this gatekeeper of this ethical boundary in sports, you're useless. Um, so, I mean, yeah, they're a company that I would say, you know, I mean, they're, they're a joke. Right. Well, that's one of the one of the arguments that you're hearing with this latest CrossFit controversy is, you know, like we talked about earlier, that the only people who fail drug tests, it's really an IQ test. Um, that, you know, they're saying that CrossFit is only testing at the venue at the event. And, uh, you know, anybody 
else could be doing this if they're doing it smartly throughout the training year. Um, do you find that that's a problem? When with, they can't uh, test, yeah. uh, you know, they can't test, right? Because whatever, say like, I don't even know how many people. Let's say a quarter million people sign up to the Open. Um, mm -hmm. They can't test those people. And if you're someone that just comes out of nowhere, um, you know, I mean, if you were smart, right, you could say, well, here's where I am. I'm, I'm an athlete that could make it to regional. You know, you know it, you've done the open workouts, you're like, I could make it to regional. You keep training, right, you show some, some maturity, you go, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do drugs until I'm ready to, like, go to regionals, and then I'm going to stop. Like, you could certainly, you know, sort out a training routine over the years that, you know, put you in a really great position to, to do very well. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, that's the, you know, that's the thing is on the, uh, you know, online, you know, people are saying, well, that's all good and well, but there are all, all these other people. And it's even alluded to it earlier too, is that there's a lot of stuff that isn't on the front page right now. A lot of people that have been caught. Is that right, Stephen? I mean, you know, I know you wanted to talk about some of the other stuff that was going on out there. Um, well, we were, I'm sorry, Mike, I, w I was actually trying to read something while you were talking. What was your question to me? Oh, well, we were talking about how, you know, this latest um, athlete that got caught and a few other people, but, you know, the, the fact that it's, um, it's perceived as being widespread in CrossFit. Yeah, I mean, look, you know, when you, when you get these articles that pop up on the feed and you see some of the comments, it, it is – it is a little bit shameful that, you know, the first thing people are saying is, you know, all these athletes, all these athletes are on steroids. All these athletes are taking stuff. There's no way that these people can be doing what they're doing. These uh, strength feats of strength, uh, cardio, the speed, all that, all that wrapped in one without taking a bunch of drugs. Well, the problem is when you have athletes out there that actually are not, that are actually natural, that are actually just freaks of nature that are clean, um, that actually do get, you know, they do get enough sleep every night. They do get all their training and they're, you know, they're actually, they have coaches, they're doing it right. So I, I you know, I, I'm not going to lie, man. I do think a lot, I think there's a large percentage of people that are actually taking some kind of, some kind of performance enhancement. I'm not saying that they got to be taking testosterone, steroids, but you know, they probably are taking some form of um, sports performance um, you know, enhancement drugs. And, and listen, I, I know for a fact that some of them take Ritalin before their workouts, yeah. you know, they take different types of drugs that are going to help them uh, go into like the $6 million bionic mode to get through some of these trainings that they're doing. You know, they do testing days and they're going all out to try to get better, to try to get their body to acclimate. So their body gets better and better and better. You know, I, the, the thing is, it's the recovery that I think is the most important. And, you know, Anthony, I'm just point blank, dude. I mean, I, I know I, this is just an opinion. It's not saying it's fact, but what is your thoughts on that? I mean, how, what kind of percentage do you think, yeah. uh, you know, out of all these games athletes, let's just narrow it down to games athletes. Let's just start off with the, the non-masters. Um, I know that what's his face was it Romano came out with a uh, article a couple years back and or a year ago whatever it was and he 
just basically lit up and said that, you know, <laughs> most of them are on it. And he even writes prescriptions or not prescriptions, but he actually writes, you know, programs of what they should be taking. So what, what's your thoughts on that, Anthony? And it's not, we're not, like I said, it's just an opinion. So, yeah, I mean, I would say, I would say if you look at, you know, generally across the board, right, like professional sports and you look at the equivalent, um, you know, in terms of CrossFit, so you look at, I don't know, track and field athletes or whatever, right? Um, mm -hmm. I would say you're probably going to find the same, you know, the same level of doping. I mean, you're not going to find many in the NBA, right? Yeah. That's just not happening. Um, you know, you're going to find quite a few in football because their their testing uh, program is kind of dictated by the Players Association, which is like a formula that's ripe for abuse. But yeah. I, I wouldn't say what you'd find in CrossFit would be any different then, um, you know, like I said, track and field, it's another sport where, uh, where you don't have, uh, you know, huge endorsement contracts. You certainly have reasonable ones for the top guys, but most people are, you know, if they're a professional, you know, shot putter, they're just, they're just earning a living. You know, yeah, right. I, I would say that's where you're going to find your, your equivalents. You know, you, it's not going to be like the tour de France where nine out of 10, you know, of the top 10 are using that. That's mm -hmm. not going to be. Happening. Yeah. It's going to be closer to the sports that it's closer to. Yeah. Yeah. The events are varied as well too, right? You know, obviously football for the most part, strength and speed is, you know, and then obviously and injury recovery. But then when you look at multi-sport type athletes or endurance type athletes, they're going to be doing other things. Right. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, like, I mean, one of the things, right, and it was big in cycling um, a couple of years ago that this guy, this third place finisher guy got caught uh, using, I, for some reason, everyone's calling it Endurable, and that, that's not the name. Uh, it's actually, technically, it would be called uh, GSK 516. So this guy, Ricky, is it a hard G, Gerard? Gerard? Yeah, I think so. Gerard, Gerard. I don't know. He's Australian. So. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't. Yeah, I mean, as long as we just all say it the same, I'm okay. Right. <laughs> uh, so this dude, he got caught. They're calling it adorable. Um, It's actually it, what it would be is GSK five one six. And then the other thing he got caught with this arm that they're calling Testalone would be rad rad 140 so i'm gonna i'm gonna decode these for you rad stands yeah. for radius okay and, and that's the name of the company radius health and gsk stands for glaxo smith klein wow so just just so everyone knows that the, there's no magic here these are these are names of experimental drugs right so i mean when you when you uh when you go back and you make a file name, right, for this show, and it's whatever, AR05, right, or whatever you call it, that's the same thing that, that they're doing. So it's just the name of the company, and then probably they had, you know, 14 compounds that didn't work, or they have a 140A. Um, so th those are the two compounds. And the, uh, the GlaxoSmithKline one was really big a few years ago in cycling. 
it never made it to the market because it was uh, causing tumor growth uh, in rodents. Wow. Okay. Causing like cancer. Yeah, that's a that's a whole other aspect of this. You know, people talk about cheating and competitive edge and stuff like that. Um, the the physical or health, you know, implications for somebody using this now. Like, I totally understand if I'm um, on the fence for a multi million dollar contract and I'm 22 years old, I'm gonna do whatever the hell it takes for that money. We're talking about amateur athletes here. Right, that you know, in this case, Gerard, however you say it, he forfeited seventy-six thousand dollars and maybe maybe an equal amount in some kind of endorsements. What, in your in your opinion, Anthony, what is the benefit to an amateur athlete other than you know fame? It's obviously not fortune. You know what I, I mean. So that that's an interesting question, right? Uh, what is the benefit to an amateur athlete for playing the sport in general, right? Just enjoyment. So, you know, the enjoyment of beating more people, I guess. Like that's mm-hmm. kind of, you know, I mean, if you boil down the question of why use, you, you, you kind of end up with why compete, don't you? I mean, yeah. you know, I, I mean, there, there are dudes who are using, right, that are playing, uh, I, I don't know, like League of Champions, right, online gaming. <laughs> and they're using stuff like motive. That's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. No, well, I, you know what though? I mean, you know, we can't boil it down to money, right? Because yeah, I mean, those guys are probably making more than than the, the top CrossFit guys, right? So yeah. online I mean, gamers. That, that I yeah. believe. I believe. I totally believe it. Yeah. I mean, you know, so boiling it down to money kind of sucks, right? Because like. The, like the dude that um, wins the Nathan's hot dog eating contest, right? He makes more than most CrossFit athletes. Yeah. Right. That's so I don't want to boil it down to money because then we end up sort of with this weirdness of like these like dubious professional sports where people are earning a ton more, you know? Yeah. Right. Um, like, like ping pong or badminton or something like that. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, you know, Look, people are trying to win bodybuilding contests and powerlifting contests where there's no money. They so there's tons of yeah, yeah. so there so you know that the the moral and the ethical and the legal implications here then are you know just like anything else in human nature, people are competitive. Uh, they're willing to trade uh, long term uh, health and risk for short term uh, fame and gain. And so I don't know. You know, so that that brings up the question, you know, a lot of people say, well, hey, I want Major League Baseball players hitting 500 feet home runs, you know, 100 times a year. And I want them to be jacked. And, you know, so where do we what's your idea on this? And, you know, half the, you know, half the opinion is that it's cheating. And then the other half of the opinion is, hey, let them do whatever the hell they want. Right. I want to see the best. There's like a. So I, I tend to stay out of the like the morality aspect, right? Because it's um, you know, again, we boil down to these absurd questions, right? But I mean, I would say if you had a if you had a drug tested Olympics every four years and a non drug tested Olympics every four years, I mean, eventually nobody would watch the the tested one, right? Because right. they're watching like they're watching like the twentieth slowest guy right win who would get blown out of the water so and and you see it with powerlifting right like 
or bodybuilding. Nobody cares about the drug-free bodybuilding federation. They're a complete non-issue. Nobody watches them. So eventually you would get the same thing. You would get like, you know, guys running eight and a half second, right, 100 meter sprints. And then you'd, you'd tune in to like watch a guy run 11 seconds. It's like, uh, yeah, I don't know if you stay up till 3 a.m. to watch the drug tested Olympics, you know? <laughs> you no, know? that, yeah, no, that makes, and it makes perfect sense. So I guess, you know, we're in a way as a society, we are, um, you know, we're condoning it. Um, and we may even be promoting it, you know? But like, so here's like, so here's a weird thing, right? Like, so if, like, Take football for example, right? Um, like if you uh, if you clip a guy, right? So like on a kickoff, right? You you hit a guy from behind, uh, and it, you know your team scores, whatever, right? On a kick return, that's cheating. Okay, right. that's cheating, and it's like a flag, and it's you know whatever it is, the site of the infraction plus fifteen yards, right? Right. So. That's fine. You, you do that, and, and people are kind of like, well, if he didn't clip that guy, the dude wouldn't have scored anyway, so whatever. Right. So, so that's sort of acceptable. I mean, obviously you get a penalty, but you just walk off the field and people go, ah, whatever, you got caught. Yeah. But if you get caught doping, like you can't play for four yeah. games, right? Yeah. So I don't, I don't understand why there's a difference in the cheating and it seems to be like if you cheat in front of everyone it's better like if you clip a guy in front of the ref yeah better because then you just get the flag right but if you cheat at home by taking an injection then it's far worse you have to sit out four games yeah i I don't understand that aspect of it like i don't i don't know why the morality is so different like one cheating right is totally unacceptable and the other is like a flag. Yeah. Why isn't it flag for everything? Well, I think know? that's, you know, that's, uh, you know, that's just, uh, you know, the American culture, you know, we're pretty puritanical. People are very judgmental. You know, we don't have a problem as a society trying to tell other people what to do with their bodies. But then when you look at like, um, you know, the Soviet Union back in the 70s, 60s, um, they didn't care, right? And China or Iran. Right, with their Olympic weightlifters, you know, they, they have a different view of all of that. And so, um, you know, obviously our opinions and, and our puritanical nature in this country allows people to get on the internet and call you a cheater if you're taking performance enhancing drugs. But then again, those same people wouldn't be watching if they, the athletes didn't. Is that pretty much but, what you're saying? But here's the thing, right? Like you play a game, you play a football game and it's 60 minutes, right? You're on the field. Let's say you play both ways, right? Whatever. It's it's the 50s, and you play both ways. You play offense and defense. You're Frank Gifford. Right. You're on the field for 60 minutes, and you have to follow the rules. But now, now you play in the game for 60 minutes. You have to follow the rules. But like when you go home, you also you know you can't do certain things, and if you, if you get arrested, you might lose your job. Like why is it that we control the sport literally off the field in another country, whatever you do during your whole life. Why do we set those rules too? Why can't we just keep it to the 60 minutes on the field? 
Yeah. Don't hit a guy from behind on a kickoff or you're going to get a flag. When you leave the field, we don't care what you do, right? Isn't that like kind of the way sports started? So when you yeah. leave the field, you're not playing anymore? You yeah. can't get a flag? Well, you know, the, well, off the field. That, that makes no sense. Well, you know, and that's that's the thing is now you have organizations that depend on um, advertising and marketing and uh, viewership and all that kind of stuff. And you know, you're seeing it with the NFL protests too, right? Is now your behavior uh, off the field is um, just as important? And I think it's because of all the sponsorships. I think that's you know where CrossFit's going is um, you know it, they have to make it appear as though they have a drug-free sport but yet um the likelihood that it's not drug-free uh, is actually enhancing their viewership you know just like you mentioned before who the hell wants to watch the 20th weakest or slowest person well and that's you know the interesting thing about crossfit like is that it's it's a workout right philosophy i guess and mm -hmm. it's you know and it's a, a competition a you know a championship world championship whatever you want to call it um like the nfl that's not like that's not a workout thing right so in other words crossfit if they say we produce the fittest athletes in the world and it comes out that the guys at the games are doping that hurts the brand because maybe it makes the workouts seem like you know they're not all they're advertised as you don't really yeah. see that in other sports like so i could sort of understand crossfit's position but like I said, as far as, you know, as far as getting a flag, you know, when you're not playing, uh, I don't get that in, in other sports, you know. I mean, it's far more important for CrossFit uh, to maintain a clean image than it is for whatever soccer, right? Yeah. So, well, Stephen, when you were involved with GRID, I mean, what was the conversation about this? <laughs> well you know they they weren't they weren't playing around with grid man they had wada come in and and basically uh they had all the athletes go into this uh i was actually there all the coaches all the athletes went into a uh assembly hall and uh they had pecker checkers and basically they they filled them in they filled them in on exactly how this was going to go down they were going to test they were going to do this dude they were going to do the the first thing that I that comes to my mind that I had to laugh is uh, Dmitry Klokov, man. He just kept jumping on the phone. What, hey, what did this guy say? What 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 did he? <laughs> he looked like he was his heart rate was up a little bit when they were talking about doing the test. And I'm I'm just joking about that. But but um no, they were they were going to take it very serious. But I don't you know obviously that the season never it never really took off like they wanted to. I do believe they did a couple tests because I remember. Um, I remember some of them getting called and um and then they went and uh did the uh did the urine test um so they they took it serious they were they were they were not playing around they made it really clear that if you got popped you're out you're pretty much you know you're you're pretty much banned banned for life from what i remember they weren't going to play with that yeah. yeah you know what i mean that and that's kind of the other thing you know is um crossfit really suffers from kind of having this they sort of have like a, a wwe sort of uh, mm -hmm. approach to the athletes um yeah. in terms of like everyone's you know not even an independent contractor right um you know crossfit doesn't award contracts to the top people per se they just kind of 
hey, if you show up and you do well, then you get this prize money and you're obligated mm-hmm. to like, you know, do PR for us for a year. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But like, if you look at something like the NFL, they have a players union that that's just crushing, right? I mean, they they argue for the, they have the best collective bargaining in the world. So, you know, I think CrossFit kind of suffers a bit from having the athletes really have, you know, no voice in, in those terms, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there should be a standard as opposed to like, once again, the NFL four games or, um, you know, CrossFit four years seems kind of extreme. Yeah. I mean, four years is is a career, right? Yep. Yeah, four years. Yeah, especially when you're you're going to be a uh, functional fitness athlete. That's that's a long, that's a long, uh, that's a big training right there. It's a big gap out of your out of your uh, career. Well, it's it's a competitive gap that doesn't so much like. I mean, it matters because the sport has progressed so quickly, right? Mm-hmm. It's like watching UFC, right? I mean, it's just it's gone from zero to a hundred uh, so fast, but what, what the dude could do, I'm not saying this is what he should do. I'm just saying it's what he could do. He could retire. So they can't test him for the next four years. Mm-hmm. Then he can come back. I'm not, yeah. you know, I'm not saying that would open up a loophole for him to, you know, dope for four years, but certainly it's been done in other sports. I mean, you know, all he has to do is say I've retired and that's it. No more testing. And in 2021, you know, I am back. I'm retired. Yeah, I just don't know if that's part of the agreement. Like, if he does retire, then he's done, or he has to be on suspension for four years. And I don't know that. Yeah, I don't know that you can actually retire from CrossFit. I mean, that's not a thing, is it? Well, they can testing him out of season, or I mean, I don't know. They do. Uh, I know that certainly uh, there was a baseball player who who retired and then took a field trip to uh, Dominican Republic and came back and, and unretired. Mm. I don't know. Um, yeah. Like I yeah. said, it's definitely been done in other sports where they, they do something where they can't, you know, and, and to be honest, I've also seen it that, um, that they reserve the right in certain sports to have you under contract, which, you know, wouldn't apply here, but if they have you under contract, they can uh, test you your first year after retirement. Mm-hmm. Well, that that this guy uh, Gerard, he uh, he actually just I think yesterday um, put out a statement, and uh, you know, in a in a good way, took uh, full responsibility for um, doing what he was doing. His his main topic was that he was just trying to seek a competitive edge, and uh, you know, he didn't really realize what he was doing was wrong, but yet he knew he was walking a fine line. And so do you find that, Anthony, like you know, in, the, in your research and your history that, you know, do people know they're doing uh, banned substances or is it, you know, is it possible that some people, like you said earlier, are just taking whatever their coach tells them to take and they don't know any better? Is that really a defense in 2017? Well, I think, you know, you can buy like you can buy a lot of stuff that's banned like just as a dietary supplement. So I never really want to, I never want to discount someone who says like, well, I, you know, I took a supplement and, you know, this happened, Um, you know, and in terms of this guy, like I read his, 
uh, Instagram statement. Yeah. And it's a little bit unclear, like, if he knew it was, you know, banned or if, it, I mean, you know, we don't really know, like, was he taking something that was adulterated or unclear on the label or was he taking something that had a different name? Uh, so, for example, this Endora Ball stuff that's, you know, banned, but yeah. nobody not banned under that name as far as I know it would be banned under the legitimate name uh you know I don't know I don't know what the circumstances are um and, and it really wasn't clear through his Instagram post he did say whatever I'm going to own up and move forward which is great you know he didn't deny anything which is you know which is respectable but yeah. I, I still, still don't know what actually happened yeah, I don't think anybody really does. I mean, there's a, you know, there's a whole slew of it and, uh, you know, it's starting to come out and, uh, you know, whether he, well, you know, that's the point that I'm trying to make is that, you know, let's be real here. Like you either know you're doing shit or you don't. That's what I think. Um, you know, can't, I'm not going to take something that somebody else take tells me to take if I don't know what it is. Does that make sense? No, no. I mean, that, that makes sense. And, you know, the climate today, you really can't. But at the same time, you know, you look at, you know, he makes a statement. He says, I take responsibility. And people are, you know, kind of immediately like, you know, they'll either be like, that's, that's great that you take responsibility. And I'm willing to accept that. And, you know, I, there was something okay. else. I, I just read something. I'm trying to find it again. But he, he also went on to say... Uh, there's basically a lot of other cheaters out there too. Yeah, he, he did. He, he said it's rampant. Yeah, he said uh, he personally knows of people that are uh, getting away with it. So he, he wants, he's kind of doing a little whistleblowing too. Oh, yeah, <laughs> but you don't want to be the only one. <laughs> yeah, right. That's kind of a weird thing where, like, I mean, he's like, uh, you know, I didn't intentionally cheat, but I know people who are. Yeah. Yeah, it's not, he's all over the place, dude. He's probably emotional right now too. So, and he's 23 yeah, years old. <laughs> 23, yeah, and, and he doesn't like he's 23, yeah. and he's got to handle like uh, you know crisis management uh, that like he's never. That's not something they really teach you in college or high school or whatever, yeah. right? So he's got to sort of put this fire out, and then he's got to plan a, a, a four year come back or whatever i mean it's a lot really he shouldn't be posting you know any lengthy kind of things on instagram uh you know yeah. at all he should just say i take responsibility <laughs> and I'll, I'll come back in a few weeks and i'll you know yeah. whatever that's so the right I, thing again, to do we have people that are that are saying oh this guy this guy's a little scumbag or he doesn't deserve any of the you know uh anything he's achieved that look there's a guy right couple couple weeks ago kicked like a 60 yard field goal in the nfl and you had people online going oh the wind was at his back <laughs> really <laughs> like, you know what i mean like well yeah i mean I, no matter what this you know what this guy gerard took you know i mean he did the work man you know yeah yeah for sure i mean you know and you're always gonna have that dude on instagram right he's like oh the wind was at his back <laughs> <laughs> You know, yeah. I mean, if that, that's the way you kind of go through life, then, you know, not, nothing's going to change that. It's always going to be, this is why that guy did this thing that I didn't, you know? 
Yeah. And and you're always going to have that. You're going to have that guy, and then you're going to have the guy that goes, all right, you made a mistake, let's move on. No doubt about it. Yeah. What, what baffles me, I know why I get it, that, you know, mass, a lot of masters, you know, 35 and older um, athletes were actually uh, tested and caught. And so, you know, that brings up the whole concept of, you know, TRT and, you know, prescriptions and, you know, stuff yeah. like that, medical problems. But, you know, I think it's a weird thing that, that, like, so you look at something like the Nevada State Athletic Commission. Uh, they'll say, look, we don't, we don't allow TRT at all, right? Or you'll take, um, let's say even the NFL, right? I don't think they allow TRT at all. Um, I mean, I could be wrong, but so testosterone happens to be neuroprotective, right? Yeah. Well, if your job is getting punched in the head, right. maybe that's not the thing that they want to ban you from using, right? right. Um, and, and the more you get hit in the head, you know, whether it's MMA or whether it's boxing, it's going to lead to lower testosterone. I mean, that's been proven. So really? when, oh, all these guys can't possibly have it. Yeah, they can. Absolutely they can. And, you know, we should really err on the side of caution and say, you know what? This is going to prevent so many incidences of punch drunk and CTE. And we just let dudes, you know, take that replacement dose, you know? Yeah. That, that's, well, yeah, I mean, you know, we, we obviously know as, as you age, your testosterone levels drop, you know, your, your hormone production decreases. And, uh, you know, a lot of, there is a lot of medical benefit to, um, you know, to having testosterone replacement and, and the like type of things. And then you start getting into, you know, um, women, uh, with, you know, hormonal issues and stuff like that, where this, you know, the, the science of this is actually helping people live better lives, you know? So. I mean, and the weird thing is that, you know, why wouldn't you just defer to the science and say, yeah, look, this guy had low testosterone and, you know, this is a medical thing and he's going to take it. Like, why would you then take, as you guys raise, a, you know, puritanical issue? Like this isn't this is a medical condition. Like when did mm -hmm. why is there any, you know, sort of an an ethical element to this? It's a medical condition. You know, get yourself checked out and take the right medication, you know? Yeah. Hey Anthony, yeah. uh real real quick, uh is there any side effects with uh SARMs? Is there any you know, because obviously everybody knows there's side effects with testosterone, you know, you can actually uh um you know there's there's yeah, several no, side effects that we can talk about. I'm just curious as far as SARMs, is it less um, dangerous to take? Um, and, and, you know. Well, man, we were really excited a few years ago when, when SARMs came out because the whole idea was like it's testosterone without the testosterone. Mm -hmm. And you do get, you know, you do get kind of a benefit, you know, in terms of performance and strength and, and aesthetics. But it's really not without side effects. So. Uh, you are going to lower your natural uh, testosterone levels by taking SARMs. I mean, for years we thought you wouldn't, and that's how the pharmaceutical companies pitched it. Mm -hmm. uh, but you are going to, you know, lower your your test levels. In some mm -hmm. cases, you're going to end up with some of the traditional uh, side effects from steroids. You won't get gyno or anything because 
you know, that's, that's converting to estrogen, which isn't going to happen here, but um, you can get some, uh, some effect on uh, blood pressure, maybe. Um, it's kind of rare, but you could also get, um, you could get, uh, yeah, um, blood pressure and, uh, cholesterol. Your cholesterol mm-hmm. can get a little bit worse. So, yeah, yeah there's, there's side effects. I mean, you know, the stuff God was taking the, the GSK 516, I mean, that's, that's giving cancerous tumors to rodents. Like that's, that's not an acceptable risk. Um, you know, your, your blood pressure and your, you know, your cholesterol, you can get those in check, but, um, the other stuff he was taking is that's, that's out of, out of the ballpark in terms of, uh, cost to benefit. Yeah. Um, what about peptides? Uh, something, so peptides, so you're looking at stuff like, um, you know, insulin like growth factor, um, which is Mm -hmm. still undetectable. Um, you know, you can, so in theory, and I don't know anyone that this has happened to or have even really heard, read about it in the literature, but uh, insulin-like growth factor is one of the things you find elevated again in cancer because mm-hmm. um, it causes, and growth hormone too, growth hormone causes all your cells to get bigger. So it could cause you know, cancer cells to get bigger. We don't really know. Like I've never seen it happen. Uh, with growth hormone, there was a bodybuilder, Dennis Newman, who blamed uh, his cancer on it, but I, I don't know that that was borne out. Yeah. Um, so there's theoretical problems, but I don't know of them ever having occurred uh, right. in terms of the peptides. And there's a bunch of other peptides like that boost um that boost your growth hormone. There's um you know there's hexarelin and GHRP6, which is growth hormone releasing peptide six. I think um, I think GHRP6 is is a bad idea for most people. Um, mm. uh, it it boosts growth hormone through uh, working on the uh, ghrelin receptor, and ghrelin is uh, secreted by your stomach and makes you really hungry, and helps you hold on to fat. Mm-hmm. Uh, it also happens to help you secrete growth hormone, same receptor, but I think that's a, an unacceptable trade-off. And you find that with the growth hormone secretagogue, uh, MK677, which is Merck 677. Yeah. Um, yeah, they all push your growth hormone up, but they also, they do it at the expense of increasing a hormone that makes you fat. So sort of a idea. Awesome. Well, we definitely covered a lot of material, man. I really appreciate you coming on. We try to keep these things about an hour. I knew it was going to go a lot longer with you because I know you we are a book of knowledge. I appreciate everything you've, uh, you know, kind of shed some light on for us. Uh, there's a lot of people that are still, you know, kind of asking the question, you know, what is this? What is this Osteron? What is this SARMs? You know, so now we kind of have a little bit of, little bit of knowledge on it. And um, yeah, know, we, we talked, yeah, we talked about doing a, like a 10 or 20 questions type podcast. And I think Anthony would be a great get right now, right? If, uh, you know, we put out there and we get, a, you know, people yeah. to ask a bunch of questions, we could bring Anthony back on. Yeah, I know you're really busy, Anthony. And I know we'd have to try to figure out a time to do it because you, uh, you got a lot going on right now. And, 
and um, you know, we'll, we'll you know, I'm, you know, I'm up for that. I mean, you know, it's I, I'd actually be real interested to hear what people. It's to me, it's interesting to know what people don't know. Like, what what are they curious about? What what haven't they got a handle on? Is interesting right. to me. Like, I mean, yeah, I, I could tell you what a bunch of other people do know, like yeah. what we do know about peptides, but like, what are people still sort of trying to figure out is a more interesting area for me. Yeah, I mean, most of the people that get popped with the with first arms, they claim that it was in a supplement that they took that they didn't realize it was in because the um, the company that makes the supplements or the protein powders or whatever mustn't have cleaned the mills when they were mixing other stuff before they mixed their stuff. I mean, is there a possibility for that? I mean, there's always a possibility. Yeah. But what, what do you think? Oh, you- yeah, yeah, sure. For sure that, you know, I mean, I mean, companies, you know, they do a, you know, you'll, you'll get a manufacturer that's making a bunch of stuff they shouldn't. Um, you know, call them weekend batches, right? Everybody goes home for the week, but, you know, a couple people come back in for overtime on Saturday, you know, mixing up stuff they shouldn't be, right? Yeah. Um, you know, kind of off the books work that the, the owner will do. Um, and, you know, here's something people don't really know. Let's say you're going to run off uh, 5,000 bottles of something, right? 5,000 mm-hmm. bottles of Osprey and send someone's going to sell them somewhere as a dietary supplement. So that might take you, let's say it takes you a work day, right? Let's say it takes you eight hours to do. It could take you another four hours to clean the machinery. Yeah. I mean, you have to steam clean everything. Yeah, I so mean, they're, just, they're just cutting you know, corners. So, I mean, hey, you know, if they're cutting corners, they're not steam cleaning. Every, and, you know, if you're paying people for eight hours of work, 12 hours is a huge difference. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, people, you know, don't clean stuff or you get something tainted, you know, that's yep. 100 Awesome. Yeah. Well, I don't think Gerard is, is claiming that he got some adulterated. I don't, I don't know. He's, he's changing his mind every five minutes, dude. I mean, I, I don't, I, I don't know the guy. He could be a good dude. And yeah, I'm sure. Like, like, a- like Anthony said, he should be, kind of, could be, should be sitting back and just say, Hey, I'll, I screwed up. Let me get back to you. And then collectively come up with something that makes sense. Dude uh, from Texas, or the company was from Texas a few years ago, um, who was like, I took a tainted supplement, and his company, the company that sponsored him, was like, we made a tainted supplement. Yes, I remember that. They just came forward. They were like, yeah, that's right. We made a tainted supplement. We fucked up. Sorry about that. Yeah. The dude was so offended. Yeah. Like, for the same amount of time. So, yeah. <laughs> that, to me, that's like, I don't... I don't understand how you do that to someone like I I don't know man I guess they figure it like it's like this if you if you walk into the police department with a head in a in a duffel bag and say yeah I I, I killed this guy uh, uh it was by accident oops I think well that's officially the end of the podcast when you start talking about that head in the back <laughs> But yeah, I, I, I totally understand. I totally agree with what you're saying. I mean, you kind of, you know, you should be a little bit more lenient, but I don't know. I think they're just really, really super strict with their rules. It is what it is. And that's, you know, that's what WADA is. WADA don't care. They're like, you are responsible for whatever goes in your body. I don't care if you put your drink down and somebody puts something in it and you drink it. Guess what? You're responsible. It doesn't matter. So they made it really, really clear, man. 
Yeah, you know what? I mean, that's that's true, but uh, I think they do that because it makes it easier for them. Yeah, of course, because it's always going to be a debate. It's always going to be somebody's going to want to try to, you know, figure a loophole or they're going to, you know, have somebody come forward and say, hey, I mean, who knows? Maybe that guy's full of shit that that company that sponsors them is coming forward and saying, yeah, we screwed up. It was a dirty mill. Maybe they did that to try to help the kid out, you know, knowing that the kid was taking it on purpose. You don't know. We don't know. You know what I mean? Only he knows. And Justin, Justin Galen, right? He went uh, before in front of WADA mm-hmm. and he was like, listen, I, I don't, I don't know what happened. I'm going to like open, open my books to you. I'm going to open my, yeah. my house, put all my stuff. Like you could take samples, you could buy whatever. And instead of four years, like they basically, I mean, a lot of it's just weirdness. Like instead of four years, they were like, look, he was really open with us. We didn't think he was being deceptive. Yeah. So we're going to give it to It's like, yeah. well, Either there's no wiggle room or there's wiggle room, but it's got to be across the board. You can't just go, well, this guy, you know, we think he wasn't being deceptive. What the hell is that? You think he wasn't being deceptive. People who are deceptive are trying to make you think they're not being deceptive. Yeah. That's the point. Yeah, this debate is going to go on for probably our lifetimes. I I personally think that CrossFit's going to gain some respect from for for this. You know, they (laughs) – Guys, they finally took down a dude that the mattered, you know, instead of like this yeah. 20th finisher. Yeah. Well, they're that's the perception. They're going to – originally, they're going to they're gonna catch a lot. They're going to catch a lot of heat because now everybody's going to say, see, see, we told you, we told you. But in the long run, they're going to – they're going to actually get a lot of respect and the sport will actually, in my opinion, will gain more momentum and it'll, it'll actually be recognized as an actual sport now that they're actually – policing it you know because i know that you know they don't use they they don't it's not like they use wada uh, there was a big debate about how they can take the results that they get and it's up to them to do whatever they want with those results you know people were always i don't know how true that is but that was like the big the big issue it, it was a few years ago a few years ago and i think they changed this yeah a few years ago the way it was written seemed to imply that once they get the results it's mm-hmm. up to them to share them, you know, publicly or, or whatever it was, mm-hmm. um, or to take, uh, you know, to take any sort of administrative steps. So mm-hmm. the way it was worded a few years ago, it kind of let them just do what they want. Yeah. Um, I think they changed that though, uh, either last year or this year, mm-hmm. but yeah, you know, and it's a, right. It's a double-edged sword. If you catch a million people, then it's all oh, your sports a bunch of dirtbags. If you catch yeah. no one, it's all oh, you didn't catch anyone. You're a bunch of dirtbags. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You can't win. You can't yeah. win in this debate, and it's that's gonna unfortunately it's gonna go on. People and, are gonna do what they need to do, and we're gonna all argue about it. And again, we're just talking about this one kid. There was two other there was yeah. two other masters athletes that both took, I believe, first place. They 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 popped dirty too. One of them was for. Uh, Again, I think it was uh, a SARM, and the other one, I, I don't remember uh, if it was a uh, regular steroid or not. Yeah, uh, NAI, it was uh, Remedex. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Okay. All right, cool. Uh, that's pretty much it, man. Just wrap this up. Once again, like I said, it, it was a great – this is this was a very informative uh, podcast. Yeah, I learned a lot. I learned a lot, yeah. for sure. Yeah, I'm sure we'll, we'll have uh, – I'm going to be on the Googles here as soon as we hang up yeah 
All right, Anthony. Yeah, uh, any questions, man? I'm more than happy to do that. Yeah, let us know, Anthony. Uh, just let us know how we can find you. I know you're just a big Twitter guy. So, at Anthony uh, Roberts. Yeah. yeah, just Anthony Roberts. Uh, I mean, like I said, I got in early on Twitter, so I got my just Anthony Roberts. Um, you'll be able to find me with that. And you have you some. You have books on Amazon as well, right? Can you give us the title? Oh, and- I'm sure they're all out of print by now. They're all like 2007, 2006. But Amazon um, is amazing. You can get used stuff on there too. So, what's the title? Of, what's the title of that first book so that people can find you on Amazon? The better, the better one to get. I co-wrote with a dude named Irv Mutznick. Um, is called the China Syndrome, and that one's about the trafficking of performance enhancing drugs. It's a little bit of, of a better read. You can get it on your Kindle or whatever. Yeah. If you have Amazon Prime, you get it for free. So cool. that's awesome. That's one. Hey, I'm not going to, I don't want this to turn into a long, I just real quick, but didn't, didn't some dude just get whacked somewhere that was a, was a steroid trafficker? Didn't they just find him dead or something like that? Not too long ago. Yeah. <laughs> the biggest, uh, biggest steroid dealer in the world. Um, yeah. Several underground labs and they found him Well, they didn't find him. I mean, he was killed in bed next to. Yeah. Yeah, I just heard that. Crazy. All right, that's an interesting thing for people to Google that too. Like, if you're interested in this stuff, definitely Google that uh, steroid murder, right? Yeah. Dot com, right? Are you uh, are you on Facebook as well, Anthony? Or are you not really on that anymore? No, I'm on. I mean, I'm, I, what I'm not on is Instagram, but I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. People can find me pretty easily. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I'm, uh, I'm the, on, on Facebook is private, so they'll have to friend request me, but. Yeah, you know, I cool. take everyone. Right on. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Next time, next time we have you on, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to have you write me up a cycle of what I need to take to get <laughs> to, to get to, get to the you know get to the games and then get dirty and get kicked out. So, <laughs> <laughs> that's a joke. All right, awesome. guys. Thanks for your time. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Anthony. Thank you. you guys have a great day. Thank you, Anthony. We'll see you all later. Until, until next time. Yep.